Are you stressed out? Who isn't, right? Well, you're going to want to listen to today's episode because help is here with Jordan Friedman, the stress coach. Let's go. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. My accessory course has finally launched. It is here. So to grab it, you can go to my website and click on course, or if you go to my Instagram page, click the link in bio. That's right, I'm bringing it to you because over the last several years, it has been one of the top requested things that I get asked. And it just so happens, it's what I'm really passionate about and what I've always loved to do. I always felt like your home wasn't fully dressed until I brought in that last layer and I loved doing it. And I love styling for my photo shoots. And most of the time I bring in all the accessories and get everything styled for a photo shoot. Guess what? The client wants to keep it all. Well, I'm going to show you my secrets, my tips, my tricks. It's going to be in a really simple video course broken up into modules that are going to be easy for you to get resources, solutions, and really quick wins at an affordable price, all with direction from me. So you can have your home looking like those sitting in a magazine or how I set them up for photo shoots really easily. I'm super excited. So if you're scratching your head about what to put on your coffee table, what to put on your mantle, how to arrange it, what to put in your bookcases, you're going to want to go click that link in bio and get this course at a very affordable price. I hope to see you there. Today, I'm so excited to have with me Jordan Friedman. He helps thousands of stressed and anxious people that's most of us, right? Worldwide. He helps them work, sleep, and feel better. He is a pioneer of stress management and wellness promotion. First as a director of Columbia University's health education program, and now as president of The Stress Coach, a chill factory that produces stress reduction, training programs, and resources. Motivated by his own stress to success story, Jordan has helped everyone from CEOs and college students to police officers and incarcerated adults. Jordan lives, works, and manages his own stress in peaceful New York City. So welcome Jordan with me today and let's get to it. Hey Jordan, thank you for coming on the podcast with me today. I'm really happy to have you here. Hey Jill, I'm glad to be here. Thanks. You're welcome. So let the audience know that your company is called The Stress Coach. And I want you to tell the audience just a little bit about yourself before we dig into all the good stuff. Sure. I am known as The Stress Coach and my company is called The Stress Coach. And the reason I'm The Stress Coach is because I was really, really stressed as a kid. And because at a certain point, I really needed help managing my stress in college because I had a lot of medical issues, a very forward-thinking doctor back in the 80s suggested I take a stress management course on campus. And I thought that was an odd suggestion because I didn't really connect what I was feeling physically with stress. I didn't really think of myself as 
stressed, even mm-hmm. though I recognize that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the workshop that was really a class, an academic class, and I absolutely loved it. From day one, I learned things that I still use and teach today. And I think most importantly, I sort of woke up, I had an epiphany in that first class and realized that stress does not have to be a way of life. It's mm-hmm. an important part of life, but it doesn't have to be the constant in one's life. So I took more courses. I ended up becoming a teaching assistant. I taught big lecture halls of other students and and I really never stopped and then went to grad school and studied public health and health education, went to Columbia University and became director of health education there and really got to create a, a stress reduction lab where I created trainings and products and did a lot of research and writing on stress and stress reduction. And Mm -hmm. then at a certain point, I left Columbia and went out on my own, created the Stress Coach. And now today, I help people all over the world to reduce their stress and anxiety, primarily by teaching them stress management techniques that they can use no matter what the source of their stress is. That's so cool. And before we dig in on some of the questions I had for you, you just mentioned something where, you know, you said like you were stressed, I guess, and you were having a lot of physical symptoms, but you didn't really connect that to being stressed and you didn't recognize it as stress. So did you just think you were kind of physically sick all the time and it didn't connect to stress? And then what made you realize that it was stress that was causing those physical ailments? I'm just curious, because I think that happens to a lot of us. I think we there's a lot of uh, physical things we feel a lot and we don't stop for a minute and say, is this because I'm maybe too stressed out, right? Yeah. We dismiss that. In fact, I hear that all the time. I, I have people who come up to me after a program and they'll say, do you really think that my difficulty sleeping could be stress related? Mm-hmm. And I have to catch myself from saying, what are you kidding? Right. <laughs> of course. But I think that a lot of people don't make the connection. So for me, I thought it was the dining hall food. Oh, interesting. You know, I, I went from my mother's cooking yeah. every night, right, to this, you know, sort of mass cafeteria yeah. and tasted okay. But I thought, oh, this must be what, you know, what the problem is. So I realized that, I think I realized the connection and made the connection after I started learning about stress and using different stress management techniques and benefiting from them. That's interesting. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that because I think it's a really common thing for us to dismiss it and that you almost have to tap into it and kind of acknowledge, you know what, I think I'm stressed out. (laughs) So, yeah. So speaking about stressors, let's talk about moving because I've read several times that moving is one of the top three life stressors. It is right up there with death and divorce. And what makes it unique, though, is that moving isn't always, but a lot of times it is intentional and it's essentially a positive thing in our life, right? So it's a positive event, yet it does cause a lot of stress. So I wanted to ask you, you know, how and why does that happen? Yeah. Back in the 50s, there was something researched and written about called the Life Events Inventory. And it was really one of the first lists of these big life stressors. You forgot, Jill, number one, which is public speaking. Way outpaces death. Death is way down. And then, yes, divorce and death in the family or something like that and moving. (laughs) My number one fear, hate it. Hate it. And yet I have a podcast. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's a tough one. It is a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this list was created, and I think what you said, especially about moving, is really important. That we usually associate negative things with stress, but in fact, mm. there are a lot of positive things: weddings, moving, vacations. Vacations yeah. can be stressful. Not so much the actual being on vacation, but the getting there. You know. If, especially yes. if you're dealing with managing multiple people, kids and partners yes. and, you know, planes and things like that. So it is important to remember that, yeah, even things we think of as positive can be stressful. And I think that supports the idea of something that I cheerlead about all the time. And that's that we really would be wise to make stress reduction a constant part of our lives because stress is a constant part of our lives. And we're not always aware of it, especially when it's connected to things that we think of as positive. Yeah. It's so interesting you said that about stress being a part of our life because literally just two days ago, I have a junior in high school and junior year is really just one of the most stressful years because they're doing college prep and they're trying to, you know, in the case of my daughter, she's trying to get a portfolio ready and there's just so much happening, you know, and then in this year it's COVID and so the other day she was just really feeling it. You know, you feel it some days more than others. And she expressed that she was feeling it. And it kind of made me stop and think like, you know, as a parent, there's so many things I try to teach her and skills. And I'm like, you know, stress is part of everyday life. And I need to tell her that like, we need to, we need to talk about how we manage it when those feelings come in, where we're feeling overwhelmed or we're feeling just too stressed from everything, you know, because like you said, we're going to feel it at all different times and pretty consistently. You know, you have to have a healthy way to manage it so it doesn't really get to you. Yes. And it is important to remember that it's an important, vital part of life. Stress, we couldn't live without stress. It's a warning system, really, that the body is in some kind of situation that it needs to deal with, that it needs to sort of circuitry wise, we need to fight and flee. But mm -hmm. since we, don't do that literally, the stress needs to go somewhere. So it is really important to have outlets for it. I think the first important thing is to be aware of it because like me, many years ago back in school, I just wasn't aware of a lot of my own feelings and what they might be connected to. And I think for a lot of us, you know, even today, we don't think we have the time to stop and be aware of what's going on to sort of process our stress and stressed feelings. Plus, we have many, many distractions that make it more challenging to be aware, right? We, yeah. have, we have work, we have family, we have electronic devices, we have travel, well, hopefully travel coming back more now. So yeah. there are a lot of things that mask, if you will, there's a term to use, mask uh, our stress and, yes. and the fact that we need to address it. Definitely. Definitely so. I think also what happens is when we're talking about a positive event like moving or like a wedding, if we're feeling bad, we're almost afraid to admit it because a positive thing has happened. And so you don't want to be seen like as someone who's complaining because my clients have told me like they move and they go through this period of grieving almost, but they're afraid to say something about that because they feel like they're not allowed to feel like that. Do you know what I mean? Because a positive thing has happened. They've bought a new house, you know, moved into a new house, and yet they're missing their old life or whatever. And so they, they almost, like you said, either bury it or mask it. 
and don't acknowledge it. And acknowledging is really key to making sure that it doesn't get to you, right? Yeah. Listen, it's all relative. Sure, we make decisions and we can play the blame game on ourselves or others can do it on us. Well, you know, maybe you shouldn't have moved or maybe you shouldn't have moved there and you should have yeah. moved to that place. Well, <laughs> right, right. It's, it's, you know, maybe too late now or at least too late right now. So, yeah, you just, you know, sort of rolling stress reduction is important, right? Because all always different things come up and you can't necessarily predict what the sources of stress in your life are going to be. You know, you could move and that could be fine, but then there could be an issue with a neighbor, which you could not have predicted. Or the house, something something happens with the house you didn't expect. And yeah. So specifically, you know, my audience, they're moving from typically a major city to a suburb. So that brings with it some challenges, some being being very overwhelmed in space, meaning, you know, they move from a much smaller amount of square footage to double or triple the amount and feeling like, okay, they have all this space to fill. And so it feels very, very overwhelming. They typically have been in an apartment building where a lot of things are taken care of. So just becoming a homeowner, even though they might've been a property owner before, becoming a homeowner in the suburbs and having to deal with, you know, the oil burner, a septic system, the roof, the gutters, it's all new to them. And it's a lot to, to take on, not just expense, but it's time-wise and knowing what to do. And then I think the third component, and we'll touch on all these as far as like, I think trying to manage the stress with all this is, you know, city life is very different than suburban life. And I've had my customers even say like, it was such, um, such a change for them to deal with like going from being in the city and knowing they could walk everywhere and never using the car to coming to the suburbs and having to get in the car for everything. It just seems so cumbersome for them, right? They couldn't just put the baby in the stroller and walk a block to their favorite cafe. And then you're dealing with, of course, new schools, new community. I mean, the whole thing, it's a lot. So given that scenario, what types of things can they make themselves aware of and what would maybe help kind of combat all those various things that are happening at once. They're all, it's all kind of converging at once, you know? Yeah, that's a big question. So we could spend hours just on this question. So yeah. I'll, try to be, I'll try to be as concise as possible and talk about some of the headlines as I see them. First of all, one of the reasons that moving is at the top of the list of major life events or you know, stressful life events mm-hmm. is because it's like an earthquake. It's like living in a constant earthquake, right? Even yeah. though it's positive, it is a destabilizing series of events. It's a destabilizing happening. So as human beings, we crave stability. We crave a solid foundation, to use a house term, a solid foundation on which to stand and go about our business. And when we introduce moving... And let's say you've been in a, a city apartment for 10 years or 15 years or something, and then you're moving, you are really setting a very solid foundation. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, doing any blaming here based on what we just talked about before. It's just the reality of the situation that's been created. So yeah. I think I think thinking about these issues and that one as a starter ahead of time before you move, or maybe it even figures into the decision about moving. But I think your audience is, no, your audience is is both 
in the contemplation phase and in the actual moving phase and post landing phase. Exactly. They're in all the phases of it. Totally. Okay. Okay. So this really goes for everyone. And I, I think something that I try to emphasize with audiences is to really do as much thinking ahead of time as possible. Can't Mm -hmm. predict what all of your sources of stress are going to be, but, you know, make lists and talk about them with other people, perhaps people you're moving with or, you know, trusted friends and family members to try and, you know, raise awareness within yourself. And then at the same time, you know, with your list of, let's say, 10 or 15 things, are there ways to cushion the earthquake, if you will, for any of them. So not only, of course, do you do planning about, you know, what's going to go in the den and how the bedrooms are going to be furnished and, you know, what window treatments you're going to get, doing the same kind of thing with your emotions, your stress, your expected stressors is a good way to help cushion them as well. You know, along with what I said before about moving being an earthquake and and we as creatures liking stability hand in hand with that is that we don't like surprises so it's not that you can predict everything that's going to happen but you know doing some awareness building ahead of time some discussions and maybe thinking about how you can deal with some of the issues you think you may confront that are going to be stressful that helps reduce the surprise of them if and when they actually happen. So that's, I guess that's sort of a broad brush and a, and a, you know, something important, a big chunk of stuff to think about ahead of time. Well, yeah. And one thing I want to mention is sometimes it's about what I call like knowing your bandwidth. So I even had a client where there was just, just a lot of other stuff going on with the kids, with everything. And they just didn't have the bandwidth to think about what SOPA, you know? And I always say, well, regardless, even if you were going to start everything right now, Bring the furniture that you have because everyone thinks, oh, I'm just going to get rid of everything. No, don't because you need a place to sit, a place to eat, a place to sleep. Bring it. And I'll say to them, don't tackle this. Well, first thing is you don't have to tackle the whole house at once, whether you're ready or not. That's just a lot. Doing it in phases is fine. Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say. But also, if certain things need to be put off because your bandwidth can only accept so much of what's happening, then pick and choose your spot and let some other things go to a later time. I think just being able to sort of surrender to certain things. I think that a lot of times, I guess what I'm trying to say is we feel like we have to just do all of it at once, whether it is decorating the house or the adjustment, whatever. And it's like, you really don't. That's just a self-imposed thing. There's no one standing over you checking off whether you've done it all at once. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I always am like, you know, if somebody really doesn't have the bandwidth, like this person just didn't. And I'm like, you know what? We should speak in a few months then why should this be overwhelming? And why should we add stress to your plate right now? You know? Yeah, excellent suggestion. It could be part of the planning that, you know, maybe something that's on your list of things that's stressing you out is, yeah, all of a sudden you have all of this space, and you have all of these rooms. And oh my gosh, you know, so and so is going to come to visit in two months. And that room has to be has to be finished. Well, does it really? Maybe all it needs is a place for that person to sleep. You right know? for now. Unless it's Queen Elizabeth or something, and right. even <laughs> even she even she can sleep on an air mattress. I that's suppose. right. Well, and I say it's just for now. Like that doesn't mean that's going to always be that room in the house. You'll get to it. You will get to it. But like, if mentally you just can't take it on, don't. Right. Absolutely. I think something else to continue along with this 
earthquake metaphor. Once I get on a metaphor, it's hard to get me off. So, okay, we know that moving is turbulent and predictable and destabilizing. Mm -hmm. So given that, this is true, by the way, everyone, of just, you know, life, um, and certainly of the past year or so with COVID, Mm -hmm. build into your day, into your routine, into your weeks, things that are reliable. So- Mm -hmm. If you exercised in the city every day or every other day, and you're about to go out to the suburbs, yeah, you got a lot of stuff to deal with, but of course you can still exercise. And one could argue that you have even more exercise opportunities. Mm -hmm. So don't let those fall by the wayside just because you have a lot of other things to do. Because remember, even though our bodies might not be, you know, uh, uh, texting us or yelling at us to say, you know, do the stuff you did on a regular basis to help you feel more stable. Those things can help us feel less pulled out of our old world and mm-hmm. less all over the place and less overwhelmed because we have these regular things to rely on. So keeping a routine, it really comes down to yes. having a routine, right? Yeah. Is that because we're kind of, oh, my mother always said this, like we're creatures of habit? Like- yeah, we're we're habitual. It's absolutely yeah. related to the craving stability and mm-hmm. predictability. So okay. yes, I mean, and, and this isn't to say that, you know, if someone listening is a spon- really spontaneous, happy-go-lucky person, that's great. And of course, a lot of people are that way, but we still crave regularity, predictability, stability. So yeah, however we yeah. can keep that stuff going, even if it's mm-hmm. not everything that we used to do, even if it's not our our entire routine, it can really help us feel on more solid ground. Yeah, that's good advice. Really good advice, you know. And, you know, you could tease that out into lots of different things. Well, you could maybe you have friends in the city and part of your concern about moving is that you're not going to be around them as much. You're, you know, you're, you're just changing your environment. You're not going to see them as much. So mm-hmm. part of your routine, your regularity after you move is that you could make sure to have, you know, uh, FaceTime calls with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not right there. They're not in the flesh with you, but at least they're still a part of your life. So, you know, think creatively, mm-hmm. but the bottom line is to, you know, for the sake of your stress and anxiety level, don't, you know, abandon all of your old routines. Yeah. On one of the prior podcasts, we were talking about like in the city, you might have like your favorite coffee shop you go to and you're used to doing that every day. And so we were talking about the importance of, you know, finding the one here in your new neighborhood and meeting up there. And that will give you, like you just said, a sense of whether you call it normalcy or routine or what you used to do, you know, just finding that little neighborhood spot here, you know? Yes, there are new routines everywhere too, right? That's a good point that yeah. you can mix. So it can be a transition and it will be a transition, right? Yeah. You're, you can bring some of what you used to have into your new life. And at the same time, you can be discovering new routines. Yes. People, uh, coffee, walks, exercise, yeah, anything yeah. like that. I, You know what? I should have said off the top, because maybe it'll give me cred with people in the audience, is that... So I grew up I grew up in the suburbs. Yeah. I moved to the city. Mm-hmm. For a brief period of time I moved to the country, mm-hmm. but I still had my city 
residents. So I feel like I've experienced all of the possibilities. Yes, you have, which is great. It's good to have that background. Looking for a space-saving idea for an extra bed in your home or a multi-purpose room? Well, you're going to want to consider the Lori Wall Bed. It is a Murphy bed that is a bed when it's down and it's a shelf when it's up. You also can assemble it all on your own. It is made from 100% real wood. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a lifetime warranty. It comes in various finishes like white, walnut, clear coat, and unfinished. On the unfinished, you can make it whatever you want, any paint color, any stain. There's free shipping throughout the U.S. It is delivered in three to seven business days. Well, that's unheard of right now. Nothing's coming in three to seven days. It comes with print and video assembly instructions, and prices start at $799. You can order one today at LoriWallBeds.com or click in the show notes for the link. Lori Wallbed is the perfect solution to needing a bed anywhere at any time. So I had a question for you. The new work from home scenario. I'm curious your take on whether you think it's been more or less stressful on people, specifically parents, because I see it two ways. I have many of our clients, both parents are working, and a lot of them have kind of welcomed it. They've liked it. Yet for women in particular, it's been a real struggle because there's been distance learning happening as well. And that for whatever reason, no matter what the woman's career is, that seemed to fall more on the female in the house or the mother of the house. So there's also been some stress with it. COVID just in general, living through a pandemic is a stressful, you know, life altering situation, I believe anyway. I was just curious on the work from home. Do you think it's a more stressful or less stressful way that people are working? And if it's more stressful, what are some things that might help? Yeah, it it depends on the person in the situation, just like you described. So a yeah. lot of the surveys do say that, you know, solid majorities of people are really liking working at home. They're mm. totally up on the maybe going to the office twice a week yeah. um, or once a week and then working the rest of the time from home. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's really positive and there are lots of positives about it. I mean, let me tell you something. After 25 years of doing this work yeah. and speaking and working with many, many people, different kinds of people with different kinds of jobs. One of the biggest sources of stress that I have heard about for all 25 years, except the last year, mm -hmm. is commuting. Yes. Yes, you're right. So million, tens of millions of people who formerly commuted mm -hmm. all of a sudden last March, no more commuting. Yeah. And it just took that whole source of stress away. So I think that is a big one. And then, of course, you know, you have the creature comforts of your house. People have found that, oh, my gosh, now I really can go out for a run at three in the afternoon. But when you're in yeah. your office, you couldn't do that or it yeah. was a lot harder to do that. So there are all of those positives. And as you said, there are challenges, things like, well, everybody's home at the same time. You're with everyone constantly. Yeah. The kids are yeah. there. They're making noise. They need help with their homework. I'm the only one who's doing it. So it's a mixed bag. So I think, what can you do about it? Again, it's thinking about, okay, what parts of my new work at home life are great and what parts are challenging? How can I do more of the great stuff? And how can I, you know, 
reduce or get rid of some of the challenges. Let me bring one good example to the conversation yeah. because it's something that a a participant in a webinar that I did a couple of weeks ago brought up and I just thought it was a really, really great, simple suggestion. So he is on Long Island and his wife is in the house and I think there were one or two kids, I can't remember exactly. So here he was used to going to an office every day big executive job. And now he's sitting in front of his laptop and he's in the den off the laundry room or something mm -hmm. like that. And he said, you know, it's okay. I'm looking forward to going back to the office at least a little bit of time, but no one in my house seems to respect the fact that I'm actually working <laughs> and I'm having meetings. <laughs> like they're doing their own thing. They're, they're just coming in the room. They're looking for stuff. They're they're making lots of noise. Welcome they're outside to my the door. world. <laughs> they're, they're outside the door doing laundry. Uh -huh. the, lawn, the dryer buzzer is going off. And he said, it, it just makes me really stressed. I feel like, you know, I'm invisible. And he said, he said, you know, I, I fantasize about getting one of those on air signs that, you know, is outside <laughs> a recording studio and it's, you know, red and white and it's really bright and turning it on. Every time I'm having a meeting or I don't want to be interrupted. And I just thought that was a great idea. I said to him, why is it a fantasy? Why don't you, if you don't get an on-air sign, then make a sign uh, that says on-air. Well, and I did because I'm recording a podcast from home. Try that where you there, can't there have you any go. background noise. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And better, better than that, you can put it out there, but just... You know, in a perfect world, you would have a conversation with everyone and say, hey, here's something that's really stressing me out. I'm doing my thing. You're making a lot of noise. You're interrupting. Yeah. Like, like what's the deal? Could yeah. you not do that? But, but then also go a step further and say, hey, you know, at the beginning of a day, here's how my day is going to go. Here are the meetings that I'm going to have. Could you not do the laundry between two and four? Yeah. this afternoon because I'm going to be having a meeting. Even make a list of those times outside yeah. of, of your door under the on-air sign because, because frankly, everybody's got stuff going on yeah. and you can't remember all of this stuff. So that seems, you know, as, as we talk about it, it seems really simple and like, duh, who wouldn't do that? But, you know, in the midst of a lot of stuff going on, a pandemic, change in situation, studying at home, you know, lots of people doing their own thing. Sometimes we don't think about these simple solutions. So that's just one example that I thought of because it was so recent. No, and it's a good one and it works and it applies to me so much because first I was working from home before the pandemic. And like the person you just mentioned, I felt like, and I have a separate office at the end of the house and the whole thing. And I felt like sometimes it just wasn't respected. Like people just think, cause I'm home, I'm home. But when I was in this office, it was like, I could be on a call. I'm, I'm work. I'm in the middle of writing something. And you know, when you're in the middle of writing something and your train of thought gets interrupted. And so that's a challenge working from home, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, whatever. But we did the same thing because we had a daughter that was distance learning from home. My husband was working in one spot of the house. I was working out of my office. So we did coordinate. Like I would announce to everybody. I was like, all right, I have a podcast recording at this time. I have a Zoom call at this time. And we group text each other and my daughter too. She'd be like, I'm in class till this time. And we learned to kind of respect each other's schedules and kind of coordinate because like you said, otherwise it becomes a little bit of mayhem, you know? And of course with younger kids, you can't sit down and be like, I have a meeting at 2.30. Don't, you know, don't bang on that pot and pan. But 
you know, it's yeah. So with I have older kids, so we could do that. But yeah, you have to sort of communicate and have an agenda. And I did I had a sign on my door too, like the doors closed stop like either on a zoom or recording a podcast. That's the thing you don't have those delineation of those boundaries that when you leave the house and you go to a commercial office building, right? So that's the one part that's missing that you kind of almost have to implement, you know? Absolutely. And a second challenge is not for everyone, but definitely for a sizable chunk of people is that some people liked going to work, maybe not every day, but they liked going to work because it was a change in routine. They got some some time to themselves to think, to listen to their music, to make their phone calls. And that for a lot of us was taken away. Mm -hmm. And we either didn't replace it or we felt uncomfortable, guilty about saying to people in our houses, our partners, hey, I need some I need some space. I need I need an some, hour, whatever. Yeah. Right. I need complete quiet time. And sometimes frankly, you just you just need to not have other people around. Yes, you know, big you, time. You, you don't want to see other people. Yeah. So okay, that can be awkward, but I, I think just like the on air sign, you know, having these conversations or trying to have the conversations as best you can, or instead of just burying those feelings and those wants is a better a better route to less stress mm-hmm. and to less anger and resentment and to feeling less confined restricted i think that's a big issue i think it's one thing during the pandemic that has not been really addressed fully i mean certainly we've seen a lot of news and a lot of stories on different aspects of the pandemic i haven't heard that one too much so you know okay you're working at home, you're restricted in some cases with movement, at least we were more so, you know, over the past year than we are currently mm-hmm. in the States. But there are, you know, variations of the getting time by yourself. Okay, you're not going to go drive your car into the city or, or 30 minutes to your job, but you could go take a walk. Yeah. Um, especially now, if you're moving from the city into the suburbs, you go take a walk there, you know, parks, walk mm-hmm. around the neighborhood, mm-hmm. just to simulate that alone time, that time to yeah. for your own thinking or needing quiet or just needing to be solo, whatever it is. So I, I think that's a an important thing to talk about as well. Really, really, really important. And you know, even when you work from home, like you need that that time where it is like you said, where you're just either listening to your music, making a couple different phone calls. Having a change of scenery I think is great for your brain as far as like rebooting it almost. So it could be a walk, take a car ride walk the dog, sit in the yard with the dog, whatever. It's really important. So that's a really good point that you bring up. So you've given us a lot of great tips today. We've covered a lot of ground. I'm going to close the show with you talking about, you have something called a stress tracker and you also have an app. So let's tell the audience all about this. We'll have it put in the show notes as well. And let's chat a little bit about that, you know, to close the show. Yeah, so the stress trackers are really simple stick-on devices that you put on your hand in a certain spot and they change color according to your stress level. Yeah. Um, some people may have used them or some variation of them. Sometimes they're on a card and you put your finger on the card and it essentially does the same thing. And in fact, mood rings were developed from these stress tracker devices. They're very simple forms of biofeedback that were originally 
designed for doctors and nurses to have mm. quick visual checks of how their patients were doing. Wow. This was back in the early 70s. And then they morphed for a time into, uh, I guess they still have mood rings or mood jewelry, which was a more crude way of warning people to stay away from you if your ring was red. <laughs> meant you were in a really bad mood. But actually, these devices really work. And they're mainly to build our awareness of, um, of our stress. So we talked in our conversation today about, about being aware of your stress. This is a, another way of, uh, it's like a dashboard indicator in your car. So the dot, if it's on black or brown, it indicates that you're you know, stressed and you might want to do something about it, do a breathing technique, take a break, have lunch, go take a walk. And why is this important and are these useful? It's because most of us, don't pay attention to our own dashboards. We just plow through our days and nights and we don't take time to stop for a minute and think, hmm, how am I feeling? Do I have any muscle pain? Am I feeling angry? Am I feeling really overwhelmed? Do I need to eat? Uh, yeah. We just keep going. And when we, you know, like a car, if you don't attend to the car saying low on fuel, it's going to run out of gas and then you're going to have problems. Same thing mm -hmm. with us. And if we mm -hmm. don't attend to the eye strain that we're having that could very easily turn into a headache and a migraine. So those yeah. are the trackers. Okay. And the app, which you know we want to make available to all of your listeners as, as a gift from you, and we're happy to support that, is called Calmcast, C-A-L-M-C-A-S-T, one word. Okay. And you can download it from the App Store and Google Play. And I think at the end of the show, you'll give the password for how that is accessed and how everyone can use it yeah. uh, fully and for free for the rest of this, what, what I'm sure will continue to be a stressful year. Uh, so the, the <laughs> app is, is awesome. And I'm not saying that just because we produce it, but it really allows us to take a lot of the stress management techniques that I teach, some of which we've mentioned today, yeah. and put them on your phone. It's like a spa on your phone yes. or having a stress coach in your pocket. And it's full of stress management exercises, media, and there's something called the Sonic Spa, which is all audio-related environmental stress reducers, mindfulness exercises, meditation coaches, things to help you fall asleep. So it grows and grows. There's new content every single day. There's a whole reminders feature, which is completely focused on things to do to reduce your stress and anxiety. So enjoy it. I use it. <laughs> Good. It helps me reduce my stress. So I love I'm, a, it. I'm a very, I'm very critical about this stress anxiety reduction thing. And even I, the stress coach, use it. Yeah, no, this is awesome. I mean, we're living through very stressful times. There's no doubt. But this has been a great piece to bring to our audience because prior to COVID too, like I mentioned, you know, there was just a lot of stress going on with this move and this transition. So I think you gave some wonderful advice to everybody today. And I hope everybody has a good takeaway from it. And yes, all the information about the app and everything will be in the show notes. Also, let people know where to find you, whether it be website or social media platforms. I'll let you mention that here as well. And those will be in the show notes as well, Jordan. Yeah, best place to find me is my website, which is thestresscoach.com. Okay. And yeah, we're also on social media, LinkedIn and Instagram primarily. On Instagram, is it the stress coach? Is that the... Yes. Uh, 
Okay. Yes. Great. So this has been wonderful. I thank you for taking time out of your schedule and having this conversation. I think it's important. And awareness is always important because as we know, unattended stress can lead to a lot of other mental health problems and physical health problems. So we want to keep everybody healthy on both fronts, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Jill. I love helping people to uh, reduce their stress. So thanks for the opportunity. Awesome. Good to talk to you. And we will speak soon. Thank you, Jordan. Bye-bye. Bye. And as always, you're going to want to always head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com. I've got a wonderful new freebie for you called the Room Planner. And most of the time that you're not getting your house decorated, it's because you don't have a plan in place. This helps you cover it all and get it in motion so you can accomplish your home design goals. Go grab it now. It's totally free. And my course is also still available on the website along with so much more. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.